Hey. What's up? Howdy doody. Listener, I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast, starring me, Cece. Me, Alex. And me, James. And happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Let's break this weird Mickey no, Mouse thing. This is, gro- this is Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. This is Groundhog Day episode? It's a holiday episode, that's for sure. It's our yeah. special Halloween episode. Yeah. We're getting spooky today, just like we always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Our dog just made a really weird noise. I'm yeah, not sure if no, the mic picked that up. It was a burp, and the audience may have heard it. Yeah, mm. it, they may have. How are you guys? I'm well. I got new glasses. You got new glasses, James? Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm. I need to get new glasses. What kind are like the the big rim glasses? No, although I should have got thicker rims, cut thicker rims, just because one of the motivations was the you know the, the surgery he talked about last week. Just cover that up a little bit. Oh, but yeah. I just I can't pull off the Elvis Costello thing. I gotta have thinner glasses. This mm. is the thing, James. You don't think you can pull it off, <laughs> but in reality, you can. Mm. You yeah. are your own worst critic. It's all about how you present yourself to the world. Yeah, if you're if you put them on and you walk with them with confidence, no one's gonna question it. No one's gonna say, "Oh, James, those glasses." Don't match yeah, you. I mean, if you did that with a, like a scarf on, I think it would really work. Oh, I think wow. that needs to be James's new thing. He needs to start wearing scarves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, or an uh-huh. eye patch if you really want to cover that little spot. I thought about it. I thought about it. That would make you look so B.A., mm-hmm. James. I, I agree. Yes. So cute. So, so cute. cute. Yeah, we'll Goodness. bedazzle it with a 13th floor logo. Alex, oh, how are man. you? I'm doing well. Uh, nothing new is going on, but <laughs> I'm good. Oh, I'm glad to hear you're good. I've been, I've been busy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm just keeping my head above the water, but here I am. And I'm excited because Halloween is right around the corner. Yes. Yeah. What is it? It's like two days away. Yeah. At yeah. this point. Woo. <laughs> Hope everyone's, Maybe. everyone's got their jack-o'-lanterns carved or their, their turnips. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah last year I, <laughs> I didn't. They didn't have any turnips, so I think I carved a rutabaga. <laughs> yeah, that was. I think that was it. <laughs> and it was horrifying. <laughs> well, I hope that you've been tuning into our thirteen. Thirteen nights of Halloween. Yeah, thirteen nights of Halloween. Thirteen nights of Halloween. <laughs> James has been hard at work on that. If you haven't tuned in just yet, totally, totally do it. Um, you can find a link to our YouTube channel on our website, thirteenthfloorpodcast.com. Yeah. And probably in the description of this episode. Well, thank you, James, so much for getting all those videos together. They're, yeah. They're fun. I want to know, know what everybody thinks of them. Would you like more? Would you like less? What do, do you, you want? Do you want James to look like a fox next time? He can. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, let me pull up our list of listeners from around the globe. Thank you to everybody who left reviews this week. If you like this podcast, you know, you could you could leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever mm. they call it. Because we don't know how it works, but it helps us grow. So That's right. And today we want to give shout outs to some of our viewers from around the world. Especially as we all get, get ready to celebrate a spooky holiday. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, except my holiday that I'm going to be talking about today already happened. But anyways. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Today, we're going to give shout-outs to Singapore. Ooh. Yeah, hi, Singapore. Hi, Singapore. We're going to give a shout-out to... <laughs> Sorry, I insulted you in one of our uh, YouTube videos. I was thinking of... 
I was thinking of Cambodia. <laughs> well, at least he's cleared it up. Yep. Yeah, because I think you said you said Singapore, and then you said Malaysia in the video. Yep. Man. So now, now oh. we really know it was Cambodia. Yep. Cool. Hmm. We're also going to give a shout out to Denmark. I don't believe that James has said anything to disturb Denmark lately. Yeah. So we may have lost all of our listeners in Cambodia and Singapore. Uh, Singapore. And Malaysia. Yeah. But but at least we've got to Netherlands. Yeah. All right. And here in America, Alex, put your finger on the map. All right, Alex has given a shout out to Missouri. Oh. So thank you to all of our listeners in Missouri and anywhere you're listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. James, what Ooh. is our icebreaker today? Uh, the icebreaker today, since it is our Halloween special, I thought I would ask, when you were a kid and trick-or-treating, or if you're taking Quinn out trick-or-treating, what is it that you most want to see in that bag? What is your favorite oh. Halloween-related treat? Oh, that's a hard one, James, because I've just I've got a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Alex, you go first, because you don't like as many sweets. So the ones that I'm really excited about, you know, everybody likes Skittles, everybody likes M&M's. Those are like the kind of like the hallmarks. They're, they're, you know you're getting a good house when you get something like that. <laughs> but me, I want that I want that Reese's. Uh, I, I want the Reese's. And I also, it's a nice little treat. It's just like a flashback. Those little boxes of nerds. Uh, where oh. You can just like, you just slam the whole box at once. And then you are got a sugar high and you're running around the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alex is a big nerd. Last, when we were recording our 13th, 13 days of the 13th floor, mm-hmm. um, I was upstairs where Alex normally works and there were, there were nerds underneath the table, babe, <laughs> from your nerds room <laughs> the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyways. Mm. Oh yeah. I bought a, I bought a box of. Star Wars nerds ropes. Yeah. So they they vanished pretty quickly. You know, I've never eaten a nerds rope, and I am curious. <gasps> yeah. Is the okay. rope... This is one of my favorite Is candies. the rope edible? Yes. No, they're just... You're just supposed to chew the nerds <laughs> no, off a of piece of string. It's an actual rope. You get a little string in your mouth. It's... The, <laughs> yeah. Yes, the rope's edible. It's, it's like, like a little gummy thing. Yeah, it's like this red gummy, huh. pretty much. Interesting. Delicious. Yes. Mm. I yeah okay for me for me for a second I thought Alex was gonna say that his favorite candy was like the weird Tootsie Roll flavors like the what? cream soda <laughs> and the strawberry Tootsie Roll I've never, I don't know why I've, I've never had a, any of those I, I didn't know those okay. flavors of Tootsie Roll they're okay they're okay oh Laffy Taffy is always like good mm-hmm. one to get to banana yeah, Alex, Laffy Taffy mm. yes banana and strawberry. <laughs> well, I think that my favorite candy is probably the same as Alex's. I like those Reese cups, but I don't want the Reese cups that are like in the shape of a pumpkin or the big flat ones. I like the ones that are miniature. Yeah, those, they I, are think, I actually think the mini Reese's are better. They are. Yeah, yeah, they are. There's a better chocolate to peanut butter ratio. Yeah, and the texture, it's I a little agree. snappier. It's not as waxy. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. So that's the candy that I would be looking out if we took Gwen trick-or-treating this year, but we're not going to, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we might. We're mm. still debating. Alex is still debating. Just rob a house. Tell her it's trick-or-treating. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Gwen, you get silverware this All right. year. <laughs> Wait, James, did you tell us yours? What? He has not. He has not. Dude, what was yours? Um, I'm torn between two. One, you guys will if be. If you say mounds <gasps> or the almond joy, <laughs> I was gonna say almond joy. <laughs> I knew that you'd get mad at that one. I love almond joy. 
and I love no. uh, Kit Kat. Kit Kat. I'll stick by your side with Kit Kat, mm. but Almond Joys. No. When we took Gwen trick or treating for the first time, and she was like old enough to like reach into like the little bin to grab something, mm. the first thing she ever grabbed was an Almond Joy, and I don't think I've ever been more disappointed. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's man. like the. <laughs> That's the only time I've been ashamed of Gwen, uh, See, so. again, I told you, I've, I've never disliked any vegetables. Same thing with fruit. When I was a kid, I would just eat desiccated coconut by the handful, like out of a bag. I'd just eat it. Ugh. Alex's oh, mom made me a, what was it? Latte? Oh, that latte that she made? A snowball A latte? snowball latte this past weekend. Oh, that sounds oh, delightful. That. It tasted like coconut. I was yeah. like, I can't do this. <laughs> I love coconut. I, th- those are pretty good, I will say. Well, you know what, listener? We're going to post a picture of Candy <laughs> on our 13th floor. And then we want you to let us know what candy you like. So send us a message on Instagram. It's going to be wonderful. I can't wait. Yeah. Are we ready to talk about some holiday? Death themed. Yeah, some, some holiday. Some some Halloween <laughs> holiday Around from around the world, I can't speak today. Some ho- some Halloween holidays from around the world. <laughs> some yeah. some death themed holidays and rituals from around the world. Yes, there is the key there because they're not all ar- on Halloween. No, they're yeah. not. I would so, know. I'm going to go first. All right, because let's get it over with. First is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give myself praise, but then I couldn't think of anything that rhymed with first. <laughs> all right, so so I'm doing a little holiday that is you know. This is it's celebrated. It's called Thursday of the Dead. Ooh. Or Thursday of the Secrets. Or Thursday of the Eggs. Of the which, Eggs? Yeah, the last one kind of sounds a little bit like a horror Easter movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, th- this holiday is celebrated in this region called Levant, which is it, it's a region, not a country. And it covers parts of... What's now Cyprus, Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, Palestine, Syria, Turkey. And then it's kind of like expanded a little bit recently, but you can kind of throw Egypt, Iraq, Libya, Turkey, mm-hmm. and Greece in there. But the, the the first that first set is really it's key. Those are those are the the originators, the OGs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the <laughs> this holiday it takes place, as you would expect. On the third on a Thursday, but it's the Thursday before Easter and a day after Jobs Wednesday. Jobs? You should, Wednesday. Is, is this Job Job's? again? I sw- Job. Yeah, oh, this my. is the third time this has happened with you. <laughs> <laughs> because, You're right. I was You're so right. confused. It totally is. I, I always oh my do God. It. I'm never not I'm never not gonna be able to see. Job. Yeah, I've never been able to do it. If it was spelled with a with a G, like George Oscar Blues, yeah, like I would call, I would just call him Gob instead, probably. Yeah, Gobs, Gobs <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah, so Job's Wednesday, uh, henceforth known as Jobs Wednesday. This so this holiday has like a really interesting origin compared to a lot of them as well, because we see a lot of holidays that try to. Kind of, especially religious holidays, try to appropriate a day of religion, uh, another of another religion, in order to kind of take it over. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Christianity's kind of done that a lot, uh, but Thursday of the Dead is quite a bit different. Instead, as far as historians can determine, 
is that it's a holiday that dates back all the way to the 12th century, where a Muslim leader uh, named Saladin was telling his followers to adopt Christian traditions as a way of trying to make his people be more religiously tolerant. Can I interrupt real quick just yeah. to say that Saladin, or Saladin, however you want to pronounce it, such an interesting guy, and I encourage everybody who finds Alex's story interesting to research him some more, because he's a really fascinating historical figure. A totally epic guy. Awesome. Okay. Mm. Uh, so yeah, he, he's trying to get his people to be more religiously tolerant, and which I think is really bold. And he then went on to create this holiday as a way to further build a bridge between the two religions. Oh. And the festivities of this start early in the morning, uh, just before dawn, and it primarily seems to involve women, although men can go and children go. So, but it's mostly women. They take trips. Uh, to go see late family members' graves where they honor them by saying a lot of prayers and that type of thing. And then they take bread cakes and dried fruit to the poor and they give it to children and some of their relatives. And I'm not saying that the relatives and children have to be poor, mm -hmm. but they're in addition to. So they also, which is, I guess maybe because it's close to Easter. I mean, I know that. Okay, I don't know. I don't know the origin of the Easter egg. So I'm going out on on a limb, uh -huh. but they also give children eggs that are typically yellow. Interesting. On this holiday, um, yeah, yellow yeah. Eggs. Just just a quick little interruption. Um, and this is me. This is the Cliff Notes version. But Easter comes from Astarte and Astare, uh, fertility goddesses, and you know, springs a time of resurrection, time of renewal, a time where most animals go through their mating season. It's where estrus, the word estrus in heat comes from, same thing as Darte, Easter. And so eggs are a symbol of that. So it's a very pagan tradition oh. that's sort of, like, like you mentioned before, it's sort of been appropriated. Yeah, PSA over again. <laughs> interesting. No, very interesting. I like that. Now, I think some people might argue if they looked at when this date falls is that it looks like maybe they are trying to appropriate another religion, uh, Christianity holiday, um, Monday, Thursday. Thursday? Yeah, which is a, a Last Supper celebration. Hmm. But the thing is, the holiday is actually not intended to overlap with it at all because as you just saw with – because that, that's the entire holiday, what you just saw. Hmm. It's, it's pretty low-key. It all happens early in the morning. Monday, Thursday all takes place at night. So yeah. both both holidays can actually be celebrated on the same day and don't overlap at all. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's also some other interesting tidbits about the holiday, though. Is First off, while most likely the holiday started off as something really special and sincere, it seemed to devolve a bit in the 20th, in the, uh, 20th century for most locations. Uh, the seeing of the dead, in particular has turned into more of a let's get together with my friends in the morning. Brunch? <laughs> yeah, it's turned more into a ladies' day out, a brunch now. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's very, it, it's a lot more superficial, that that portion of it. <laughs> now, they still may hand out breads and stuff like that. And some regions still visit graves. Now, it does look like a lot of them still do it. They kind of moved it to the night instead, where they kind of go and visit <laughs> some of that. Some of their deceased family members, but mostly the region that celebrates it most thoroughly is Syria, but they've changed the name of it. It's now the Thursday of Sweetness. 
the Thursday of Ooh. sweetness. Yes, because the breads that they hand out are very sweet. Uh, okay. Sounds like a yes. jazz album. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? Mm. But I think what's most interesting is the religions in the area have adopted certain practices of this holiday into their mourning rituals. And that's mourning like death mourning. Okay. On the Monday and Thursday following someone's death, stamped cakes are distributed. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when they go to really mourn these people. So even though the holiday, it's still celebrated, but it's kind of mostly gone. It has worked its way into the fabric of Christianity and Islam. But Yeah, and Islam in the area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Thursday of the dead. Yeah. I kind of want a uh, Godfather-themed holiday called Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. James is just full of them today, isn't he? He yeah. is full of it. Mm. Full of something. Especially, what was that kind of tea you are drinking, James? Again, my chai. Ooh. Oh, I thought you were going to say chai and I was going to slap you. Oh, I love chai. <laughs> no. Ew. I, uh, you know, you know how you make chai tea. Uh. <laughs> one one tea one teaspoon of your n- nearest dirt pile. Ah, uh, you just have good I, stuff. And a cup of water. I think it tastes. It's like cinnamony, isn't it? You're right. Well, cardamom. Cardamom is the best spice in the world, and it's, it's it. Oh yeah, love cardamom. Yeah. Well, I, I am thinking of the wrong tea. Yeah, you're Ch- thinking Ch- of matcha. I'm thinking of matcha. Chai is not good either. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of chai, but matcha tastes like the scoop of dirt. Yeah. Matcha tastes like dirt. Chai tastes like cinnamon, but I guess it's cardamom. I love both those things. Goodness. James James likes a lot of things that are- Yeah, this is the guy that loves vegetables. No, no, this is the guy that loves almond joys. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, James. Okay. All right. All right. Are we ready to talk about my holiday? The Hungry Ghost Festival. Jokes on them. They can't eat anything. Well, that's boy. That's listen. That's what I'm about to talk about. And don't make jokes. Okay. Did I spoil it? Don't make jokes. No, you didn't spoil anything. But don't be rude to the. You know what? Here we go. I'm I'm gonna hop on in, and uh, I'm gonna be talking about the Hungry Ghost Festival. It has another name, James. How do you pronounce the other name? I can't remember. What's it called? You failed me, James. Dantian. What country is it in? It's. It, I think that's how you say it. It's in Asia, some Asian countries. What did you say, James? I was, I was talking Dan-tian? over you. Hang on, I gotta look it up now. No, that's it. I I, I confirmed it with uh, my knowledge of the area. <laughs> oh yeah. Yulan. 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 That's one of the names. Yeah, there's a so, bunch, but yeah, there's a, there are a bunch, and y'all know I like. I butcher just about everything that I try to pronounce. So, um, yeah, Jeonjed. Uh, okay, so to begin, my sources. And they actually got a lot of my information from children's websites. Hmm. So thank you, MissPandaChinese.com. <laughs> I wasn't ready and, for that. Oh, man. And I also got information from CBC Kids. It was just, it was a good compilation of information to make it, like, you know, easily understandable. I also got some good intel from theculturetrip.com. You guys, oh, my goodness. Uh, SCMP.com, dumplingconnection.com. 
and the, <laughs> a YouTube channel called Off the Great Wall, and that channel is actually very, very awesome. I ended up watching like five of their videos. Hmm. Very, very good. Okay, so the Hungry Ghost Festival is actually, it's kind of, it's an entire month, but it's also one special event. It kind of depends upon which culture you're kind of looking at the event from. But it's a part of an entire month of celebrations called Ghost Month. Mm -hmm. And the Ghost Festival specifically takes place on either the 14th night or the 15th day of the seven month of the lunar calendar. (laughs) Our dog just started. She just hopped off the couch. She's shaking her ears. She's playing on something. Anyways. So... Uh, it depends upon where in China you're located. But it's either celebrated on the 14th day of the seventh month or the 15th day of the seventh month. And this year it was celebrated on September 2nd, hmm. uh, which on the lunar calendar is month seven, day 14. But next year it will be celebrated on August 22nd. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, you guys, I'm sorry you've missed the celebration this year, but mark it down on your calendars for next year because it'll be here again. <sighs> just like Louise, who just walked in a circle for no reason. Yeah, she just walked in a circle <laughs> on the hardwood just to interrupt me. She smells a hungry ghost. Oh, don't say that, James. Do not say that. How dare you? <laughs> okay, so the idea behind the hungry ghost is that on the day it occurs... The spirits of those who have passed on are allowed back into our realm, so it's immensely spooky. And there's a lot of superstition associated with this day, Alex. A lot of superstition. And I'll go over some of the superstitions a little bit later, but the festival has both Buddhist and Taoist roots. Mm -hmm. And in Buddhist culture, the holiday is called Yulan Pen. And as the story goes, one of Buddha's disciples named Mulian was able to save his mommy dearest. From hell. Oh. Yes. Creepy, creepy. But she went to the bad place because he gave her some money. And he was like, Mama, if any Buddhist monks come, you know, into town, I need you to kind of take care of them, okay? And she was like, you know what? (laughs) I don't don't think I'm gonna. (laughs) And so then she died and she went straight to H-E double hockey sticks. Oh. Yes. Bad news bears. So Mulian was like, Oh, oh crap, I'm going to have to go down and save my mama. And he travels to hell and she's suffering and he tries to give her food because she's hungry, a.k.a. Hungry Ghost Festival. Uh, but when he, when he tries to feed her and she tries to eat, the food just, it hits her mouth and then poof, it becomes fire. Oh. Not so tasty. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cultures, hell is more about having needs go un, unfulfilled and unsated. You know, like yes. the, the Greeks, it was similar with, you know, there would be a hell where you were thirsty and you were in knee deep in water. I think we talked about this once before. When you reached yeah. down to get the water, it would recede. So, yeah, there's a similarity there. Yeah, it looked terrible. I looked into it. It doesn't seem like a very pleasant place. <laughs> so, Mulian's like, he's like, I've got to save my mama. So, he goes to Buddha and he's like, hey, Buddha, can can we get my mama out of here? And Buddha just sighs and he's like, he's like, listen, your mama, like – she did some really bad things that I don't think there's much I can do. Mm. And Mulian's like, please Buddha, please. And then Buddha's like, okay, there's one thing. So Buddha tells Mulian on the 15th day of the seventh month of the lunar calendar, you need to make a big feast with fresh fruit and vegetables. And then you need to give it to monks, Mm. feed the monks. And I think that they feed them out of, uh, I think they're called 
uh, Yulon Bowls. Yeah. Which is kind of where that comes from. That's I'm going to be bowl. completely honest. I got a little lost when you said uh, he gave her money and said, take care of them. I was thinking of like a, a hit job or no, no, like no. get them out of town and now I'm realizing like, <laughs> to be nice to them. Yes. Yes. Give them shelter <laughs> and food. Oh my goodness, Alex. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that I, I hope that listener. I hope that you didn't misunderstand me there, like Alex has done. So, yeah, you turned it into a mobster movie. Yeah. So, anyways, Mulian goes up and he's like, "Okay, I can do this." And so he gives all the monks the fruits and the vegetables, and he saves his mama from eternal damnation. And then she's able to become reincarnated again. What she come back as? Uh, I don't. I would assume a baby. She came back as a human. That's what everything said. She came back as a human. So uh, I'm assuming she was just reborn into a new life. Oh, okay. Yeah. During the Hungry Ghost Festival, monks make food and they say prayers, like in real life. Now, this isn't just a story. Yeah, they they today they make food. They say prayers. They have special rituals to help any suffering spirits, and it's all meant to kind of show respect and love for your ancestors and especially your parents, Alex. And it's also about appeasing and keeping angry spirits at bay. Uh. Yeah, that's more the the Taoist take on it. Theirs is a little bit different. And it's got a different name than I am going to try to say here, but I apologize in advance because I'm not going to say it right. But Su Suin Wien Jin. There you go. Nailed it. Uh, but the story the story here goes, at midnight on the first day of the seventh month of the lunar calendar, the gates of hell open just like boom and then all the spirits are allowed to pop up back to earth and search for food and entertainment and to visit old pals and relatives and basically you know some of them cause havoc it's craziness mm. yeah again think about that though i mean that sounds almost just like Samhain. i mean really I, it's amazing el dia de los muertos I, like the stuff we covered last year Incredible overlap. Yeah, it's there's an incredible overlap, but for some reason, and maybe it's just because I was reading like this stuff, like about all the superstitions that mm. are associated with the Hungry Ghost Festival. I feel like the ones that we talked about last year were a bit more positive. Like it's like, oh, spirits aren't a bad thing. And in this case, mm. I don't know. There are so many superstitions and it's like, oh, you could get possessed by a ghost. Yeah. That to me, the holiday seems more sinister. Yeah, well, absolutely. But it's important to remember that in the the Celtic tradition, those ghosts are just all people, you know, like it's it's your ancestors. Whereas with the Hungry Ghost Festival, it's literally the ghosts who they were on the naughty list for too long. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, if you, if you weren't uh, deemed so lowly that you became a hungry ghost, you know, you're, you're going to reincarnate as a person or a deity, or, yeah. uh, you know, worst case scenario, an animal. You know, you really got to screw up to be a hungry ghost. So, yeah. Well, the spirits, the, the sinister spirits are able to roam for an entire month. So, mm. in this version, the holiday is a bit more intense. Uh, mm. But people prepare elaborate feasts for the spirits, vegetarian especially. And they will leave empty seats around the table for the spirits. So, it's kind of like mm. you're having, I think that that's pretty, I don't know, that's kind of nice. Have yeah. a symbolic little dinner with all of your old relatives. I think that's pretty cool. Huh. Uh, my favorite thing, uh, you'll probably cover it, but uh, hell money. Hell, yeah, hell money. How cool is that? How cool is that? Uh, you know, in that view, like you could literally buy stuff in hell. So you need hell money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> basically. <laughs> flipping metal is all get up. <laughs> the way that hell money works is that basically, and I'm telling this to Alex because James already knows everything there is to know about the Hungry oh. Ghost Festival. But Alex, they have these 
like paper items. Like they'll make clothes and money and gold and jewelry and all this wonderful stuff out of paper. And then they'll burn it to kind of send it off to the spirit realm. Oh. Yeah. So they'll. How how mad would you be? Like, oh, my my daughter's sending me jewelry. And then you get like this like little paper thing around their wrist. Well, it presumably it translates to the real deal in hell. Yeah. Oh, man. I I would get somebody like some armor. Well, you could get that. (laughs) (laughs) Paper armor. Paper armor. Burn it up. But yeah, they burn it. They burn incense. Yeah. And they're also, they also have entertainment for the spirits. So they will have like special concerts and they'll set up these little bamboo stages. Opera is very, like, that's very, very popular. But they'll have these little concerts and there's always a row in the very front of the concert Mm. with seats. You are not allowed to sit in them, Alex. If we ever go to a Hungry Ghost Festival, you are not allowed to sit in the front row. Well, if it was opera, I'd be be more concerned about the Hungry Ghosts. I'm like, sorry. Some people (laughs) like Alex. Yeah, Alex is being very cool. Same for country music. I would say the same thing. Oh, my goodness. goodness. Alex does not I just compared opera to country music. This is the thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is the thing. Alex has always been very, like, skeptical about everything. No. And I feel like he likes to poke and prod at things that shouldn't be poked and prodded. Cece's very dramatic, moving her eyebrows (laughs) for emphasis right now. Yes, yes. If you saw me. But it's like, you guys, when we went to go to Key West, we went on the ghost hunt, and there's Robert the doll, and I'm like, Alex, don't get near him. And Alex is, like, walking up to him with camera. I'm like, that's the type of person that Alex is. He's like, oh, he doesn't believe. Uh, sorry. Oh my, goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Staring, staring at me dramatically in silence doesn't translate well to a podcast. No, no. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, you guys. So, the Hungry Ghost Festival, especially the Dallas version, as I mentioned, it comes with lots of superstitions. And these, uh, these things that I'm about to go over, you should not do during the seventh month of the lunar calendar. Okay. This. So, one, stay away from water. Why? Because a ghost might try to drown you. Oh. Yes. Yeah, it's not that when someone dies, basically what happens, and I kind of like keep, in my brain, this is how I see it, but when somebody dies, it opens up like a spot for, oh, I can reincarnate now. So mm. it's like they're all the people in hell, there's a long list, and it's like, oh, we're roaming. We're, we're free to roam during the seventh month. If I kill somebody, it's going to open up another spot. I'm going to be a little bit closer to the top of the list. You know uh. what I mean? So then they can be reborn again. Well, what what easier way to kill somebody than just drown them? Ghost. Well, there's a lot of quicker ways to kill somebody. Yeah, but but you got you got to stay away from water because I guess it's easy for ghosts in the water. It makes sense, sure. Yeah, Why not? but kids like kids are told do not go in the water, do not go swimming, stay out of it. And so people will they'll even go as far as to avoid traveling by ferry or getting on a cruise ship because they're worried mm. that a ghost might try to take down like the cruise ship. And then Dang. that's a lot of spots that are wow. opened up on the list. You know what I mean? This. So two, no photography, especially at night, because some cultures believe that if you take a picture, you're going to capture a spirit yeah. or the soul. And so you don't take pictures at night. No, oh, no. Okay. Because you might have a spirit <laughs> lurking behind you. You might attract some bad energy your way. Three, do not get married during the seventh month of the lunar calendar. Okay. This. A spirit might try to crash your wedding. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, they might try to ish will ill on the bride and groom, and then you're just cursed. Ah. Bad luck. 
you're going to get divorced. (laughs) Statistically, you probably will anyway. So why, why, why not risk? At least having a ghost at your party. That's what I. This is what I did. I looked up. Hmm. I was like, I wonder if there's any like statistic that proves that people who got married during the seventh month of the lunar calendar are more prone to getting divorced. Mm-hmm. But all I could find was articles about how the divorce rate has gone sky high since uh, since yeah since all uh, the lockdowns yeah, began. The virus. I can't imagine why. <laughs> don't get married. I feel like that was a jab. Mm. Yeah, after this episode, I don't know what y'all need to expect. Okay, number four. (laughs) Simple everyday acts might attract ghosts. There's a lot of acts, you guys, that you don't want to do that you might might have a ghostie on your back. So if one of them, if you hang laundry outside, for example, to dry, you've got a nice pair of slacks hanging out back. As Mago would call them, my grandmother, my dear grandmother calls them slacks. So you got your slacks hanging out back, and then a ghost comes up and he's like, Those are some nice slacks. I think I'm gonna try them on. So he tries them on, and either you bring the pants inside your house with the ghosts inside of them, <laughs> or the ghost just leaves his bad energy and now you got a ghost in your house, or you just got bad luck. Now you got ghost pants. <laughs> you got ghost pants. Yeah, well, ghost laundry, yeah. Yeah, Goodness. ghost laundry. So don't put your laundry outside during the seventh month. <laughs> I love the visual of a ghost putting mm. on your pants and you just dragging them in your house. Just, just bring yeah. them on in. <laughs> also, if it's raining outside, don't use an umbrella. Because if you open up an umbrella, a ghost might say, oh, I'm going to hop under this umbrella with them and then go all the way home with you. <laughs> so no umbrellas. I like these. I feel like all of these were made by someone with debilitating obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of them. Like, and I don't even have, I found one list that had 30. I'm not going to go over all 30, but there are wow. a lot of them. Okay. Number five, don't talk about ghosts. Okay. <laughs> Which I feel like is a hard one to do. During the Hungry Ghost Festival, like you're talking yeah, about, it's your literally spirits. called the Hungry Ghost Festival. You can't say the name of the holiday on the holiday. Yeah, don't talk about them because if you talk about them, they're going to come. Mm. Uh, okay, six. Do not wear red or black. Those colors are off limits during the seventh month of the lunar calendar. I saw something that said if you paint your fingernails black, that spirits might think that you're one of them oh. and mistake you for another spirit. But I also saw this is another thing that's off limits fashion wise is high heels. Women cannot wear high heels during the Hungry Ghost Festival. Huh. And the thought is when you've got your foot elevated off the ground, there's an energy point that's right below your ankle. So the spirit might try to go in and possess you from right huh. underneath your foot. So you keep your feet on the ground, guys. Hmm. Yes. Something you guys don't have to worry about. Except I know James probably walks around his house in high heels all the time. I'm wearing them right now. James is wearing them right now. Well, he's laying down though. He's, yeah. got, he's got all of his energy points on the ground. Off the ground. Oh, he's laying. Through, yeah. All right. Seven. And I feel like this one's more for you boys, but don't pee on trees. <laughs> what? Don't yeah. pee on trees Why during the seventh month. Why does it connect you to the ground? No, because spirits <laughs> like to hide inside trees. Of so course. If you- <laughs> <laughs> what? I like how you said that in so matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. I think it's common sense. So anyways, yeah. Just I, like... Don't pee on trees. If uh, if you go camping, just don't go camping during the seventh month. Okay. Okay. What would they do? Haunt your urethra? Like, <laughs> are they like that fish in the Amazon? <laughs> All right. Eight. And this one is very specific. But if you're using chopsticks, and this is very rude in Asian culture, mm. but if you're using chopsticks, do not leave them upright in your food. Yeah. Yeah. Very rude. Yeah, you shouldn't do that ever. Yeah, don't do it ever. You guys, it's terrible. Don't do it. But- 
in this case, they might be mistook for, I guess mistook, mistaken for um, something called jostics and a yeah. spirit, like a sacrifice. And the spirit might think that your choppies are part of an offering and then they might possess you so that they can eat the food huh. or just leave, you know, they're bad luck around. So, yeah. um, and then the last one, but certainly not the least, because remember there are tons of these just stay inside when it gets dark out. Don't go out when it's nighttime. If you're walking in nighttime and you hear somebody like calling your name, don't turn <laughs> around to look. Just keep going because it might be a spirit. And if, if you try to hum or whistle to kind of like, ooh, like cover up the nervous energy because you're out and the moon's out and it's dark and it's scary, mm-hmm. humming and singing will attract ghosts too. Because remember, they like to go to the opera during this time. Mm. So you might attract another spirit. The idea here is that yin energy, which comes from the moon, makes spirits more strong at night. Oh, okay. So on the uh, on the flip side, yang, when the sun is out, that lessens or it weakens them. So mm. you want to stay inside during night because they're more robust and they're going to try to possess you. And they especially like to prey on pregnant women and children because I guess those are easier to prey. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So the Hungry Ghost Festival it seems it seems terrifying to me. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it sounds horrifying. It's like an entire month of walking on eggshells. But a lot of businesses, I thought this was interesting too, a lot of businesses will also close early during the seventh month of the lunar calendar. Hmm. Um, just because it's like you're not supposed to be out at night. So they're like, there's hmm. not going to be anybody coming around and we don't want to be, you know, stuck here at night and then traveling home. So a lot of businesses hmm. will actually close early. During the ghost month. Mm. But at the very end of the festival, there's also another big celebration. And I feel like a lot of people have actually probably heard or seen this. I want to go to this, which now I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to this. But they light the little candles inside the fancy paper floating lanterns. Mm -hmm. And they'll put them on the river. And then they'll set them loose. And the idea is that the spirits will follow the lanterns back to the Mm. spirit realm. So that's kind of how they close everything at the end of the holiday why don't they just do that at the beginning so i don't have to worry about them i you know i thought about that <laughs> i thought about that but i guess like you gotta let them get out you gotta let them stretch their legs a little bit yeah. and then when they're tired they'll follow <laughs> the lanterns so you guys that is the hungry ghost festival wow yes very interesting yeah i thought it was very interesting and james james <laughs> what are you talking about i'm talking about helen hunt oh i'm sorry wild hunt Wild Hunt. <laughs> yeah, Wild Hunt is not inherently like a, a Halloween-ish kind of festival, but it's one of those things that's it's been a long time coming. It was requested, and this is one of those things where I'm I'm going to talk about it. And if we we need to cover it for a full episode, all three of us, then this will just be a nice little foundation for it. And it's definitely very. Even though it's it's not associated with Halloween itself, it's a very Halloween-ish feeling kind of festival. Well, phenomena would probably be a better word. Um, what interests me the most about the Wild Hunt uh, is how universal it is. It, it's really – this is one of those ones where I go on uh, a big, long tangent, just rambling, because it's just – it's found everywhere. Basically, let me give the, the bare-bones version of it. So imagine – Walking in, in a, on a cold, late autumn, early winter day, usually just before the first day of winter. That's the most common time for this to happen. And you're walking in the woods 
and you see a cavalcade of ghostly figures riding across the night sky, illuminated only by the stars and the moon. Mm. Skeletal figures or dead figures or ghostly Mm. figures with hounds riding alongside them, ghostly horses riding them, and they are led by an otherworldly king. That's pretty dang spooky. It's Uh, it's something that that's in a lot of pop culture as we'll we'll touch up on too. And usually who is leading this this parade of corpses on their their little revelry ride is it's usually Odin or Odin or Woden or Wotan or however you want to pronounce it. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there are other versions. There's tons of other versions. Um sometimes it's King Arthur, sometimes it's uh the, the, the Celts, actually, well, the Welsh specifically, they have a version called uh, Maltinos or Night Matilda. And she's like this crone. And she rides with the Kunanun, Kunanun uh, which are like kind of like Hounds of the Wild Hunt. Very, very similar. We actually talked about that before, I think, in our last Halloween episode when I mentioned that dogs are associated with the dead. They're psychopomps. Yeah, they I think lead it was, the dead. Yeah. yeah. I think it was last year. Dogs are psychopomps. They lead the dead. That's what that means. Well, so is Odin. Odin is a psychopomp god. Uh, in fact, I would say that's his most important role. It's kind of interesting because, you know, we, we think of him as sort of a king of gods. But really, if you compare him to Zeus or let's think of any other kind of, you know, main deity in a pantheon, they usually rule over stuff. They're their law bringer. Odin is more of a guide to the dead. And I think there's a comparison to be drawn, and this is me speculating. There's no literature I'm citing on this. I'm sure that there's somebody who's said this before, but this is just me speculating. But I think it's interesting that Odin is a psychopomp. He is the all-father. That's what he's known as. And he has one eye because he traded the other for wisdom. He also died three times in a, a peculiar threefold death ritual in order to also attain wisdom. The reason I mention this is, you know, I mentioned the Indo-European family tree of, of religion and ritual. Well, Shiva is also known as the All-Father. And he has three eyes. Um, one being like kind of like the pineal gland, as I mentioned before. There's a, there's a third eye on his forehead. You mm-hmm. know, you see that in a lot of New Age uh, art, too. Yeah. And he is also known as the blue-throated one because he drank uh, poison in order to save the world, and it marred his throat and made made it blue. So I think there's an interesting comparison there between sacrifice, being the all-father, and being a psychopomp, guiding the dead, because that's another thing she was associated with. He's sort of associated with uh, you know his, his adherents, his worshipers. They tend to renounce all things in the later stages of their lives, uh, because, you know, they're trying to reunite with the Godhead through him. So there's a something to compare there. I think that Odin and Shiva, there's there's an interesting comparison. And the reason why I mention that now is because even though there's no direct wild hunt association that we see um, in the Indian subcontinent, mm-hmm. we see it everywhere else. Everywhere else, Central Europe, Western Europe, the Celtic Isles. Um, The Mediterranean, it's flipping everywhere. The wild hunt is a motif we see everywhere. We even see it in American pop culture with 
everybody's familiar with this. You know, it's most famously sung by Johnny Cash, even though he wasn't the writer, the ghost riders in the sky. You know, it's that, that idea of the, you know, these ghostly cowboys chasing the devil's steers across the sky. In this instance, they're being punished, but it's just, we see it everywhere. We see it in every Western tradition, except Hinduism, which is one of the things that really weighs on my mind heavily because I feel like there should be something there. Um, We even see there's hunting deities. And I find that interesting too, because the Norse hunting deities, Odin's not one of them. He is not a hunting deity. There's Skadi and there's Ullr, but they're not associated with the hunt. It's just Odin because it's really less about hunting and it's more about guiding the dead. Mm. And it's more about that warning that if you're out at the wrong time, if you're out when the veil, this is this is the parallel between this and Halloween. If you're out when the veil between the living and the dead is at its thinnest, you might join them. Mm. And that's the risk of coming across the wild hunt is you may join them. And of course, when Christianity encountered those belief structures, they started incorporating them. We see that in the uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky. You know, they're, they're chasing the devil's cows. Well, psychopomps from Christianity are often replacing that. Um, you know, Arthur himself is sort of a Christian figure, King Arthur. But also, uh, sometimes it's Herod or Cain or Gabriel or, as I mentioned before, the devil himself who's leading these uh, ghosts and these fairies and these elves and these ghost dogs and ghost horses and just all these figures associated with the underworld. Oof. So, wow. yeah, it's really interesting. And there's there's a million ways that we can interpret that. There's a million ways that we can analyze that. But I think more than anything, it's the idea that lives themselves, the lives of, of individuals, they go on different paths. You know, people are born you know, especially in, in the past, you know, people were usually born into whatever they became, whether they were a butcher or a baker or a candlestick maker, whether they were a king or a slave, they were born into that. And so the pathway from birth to death, it's pretty linear. And yet, and we see this a lot in uh, romanticism, in the poetry, you know, this idea of death being an equalizer. Well, at the Wild Hunt, you you're literally seeing every walk of life, even non-humans, animals and other mythical creatures like elves and fairies. And they're all being led by the psychopomp, usually Odin, to some sort of uh, place of revelry followed by their final resting place. There's something equalizing. I know I said that before, but there's something equalizing about the wild hunt. It's sort of the idea that, you know, king or slave, death is, is the same. Does like, that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Look at James. That's, that's my interpretation. Look at James getting all deep on here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I also really enjoyed, just so you guys know, the Hellboy graphic novels. And there's there's a Hellboy graphic novel. Have you read it, Alex, where um, mm-hmm. Hellboy becomes Lord of the Wild Hunt because turns out he's a descendant of King Arthur? Ooh. No, I'm not that far in yet. Uh, it's Oh, well, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not that big of a, a deal. But, but you know, obviously in, in the United States, our biggest, hmm, I would say, exposure to the wild hunt as a concept, because it's not a big part of our uh, culture, um, is lo- even though Halloween, it, well, I'll get on that in a second. Um, it's not a big part of our culture. So really the Ghost Riders song and um, the wild hunt from the Witcher games, that's about 
all we've been exposed to. It's not that, it's just not that popular. It's not that big part of the new world zeitgeist. Mm. But in Europe, it's a much more common thing. And the iterations, even though they obviously change, you know, I just mentioned King Arthur versus the devil versus uh, that crone from Wales. They all change. Even historical kings, a lot of times, like really well-known kings, like like in Denmark, sometimes it's King Vold, for example. And, and sometimes it's a witch. There's all sorts of possible leaders of the wild hunt. But the main story, what amazes me the most about it is that it doesn't really change that much. It's really interesting that the overall myth, because myths, you know, it's like playing telephone, but playing telephone through millennia instead of just, you know, from one end of a room to another. And yet this has really remained similar. One of my favorite theories is Sir Francis Drake. That uh, that just blows my mind that somebody came up with that as a, a possibility. And they were just like, yeah, yeah, Sir Francis Drake, you know, he's he's leading the wild hunt. Oh, of course. Yeah, we see it in all sorts of things. And it's funny how... Christianity did virtually nothing to change it other than giving it a slightly more diabolical component, which, I mean, it was scary even then, Yeah, but it, you know, became a little bit more negative. Like in the Merry Wives of Windsor, you know, Shakespeare mentions uh, something really similar and he, he refers to the, the head as Herney the Hunter or Hearn the Hunter. I'm not a hundred percent sure how you pronounce it, but you see that even in Shakespeare, these, these, little homages to a very, very ancient concept that really should have altered a lot more than it has as it sort of made its way across Europe, and yet it hasn't. And like I said, it really boggles my mind that we don't see an antecedent before really about Thrace. I don't know why, and it's something that I want to study in a lot deeper just that mystery itself of, of like its its focal origin point because so far the trail just you know it goes cold. Hmm. Well, that's that's a lot to take in, James. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting because I feel like that is something that like I mean I never really knew about it being called the Wild Hunt, but I feel like it's mm. something that like even just as you telling the story, it's like oh I know something similar. Like exactly, yeah. That's that's one of the most fun things about it. It really resonates everywhere. Yeah. Well, Ooh. everywhere Western, at least. We had a listener that actually submitted, as you mentioned earlier, the Wild Hunt as a topic in the Magical Days, mm. and we might talk about it again at some point in the future. But in case we don't, I want to give it a shout out to Amanda K. So thank you Absolutely. for sending that topic to us, Amanda. Do you guys have anything else to say about Halloween? And death festivals mm-hmm. from around the world. Mm. Keep your lanterns lit. Be safe getting that candy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wear your masks. Okay, is it time to draw from the boss? Yes. It is. It's been a while since we've done this. It's exciting. All right, Alex, pick one out. There's a big slip of paper. That's, oh. that's all the paper that it's has not been paper. filled out yet. All right. All right, next week, we are talking about, oh, this is a fun one, Secret Islands. Mm, Is there one where they hunt Secret Islands. Oh, that would be, this topic was submitted to us by DD, who actually, she submitted several topics to us. Do you guys want to hear some fun facts about DD? Oh, yeah. It has been a while. I forgot we were doing this. It's been a while, yeah. Here are some fun facts about DD. (laughs) Okay. She once made friends with a honeybee at a picnic. 
and named him Buzzy Wings McGee. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes. And then speaking of opera, earned a superlative when she graduated from her high school, most likely to marry an opera singer. Oh. Yay. I wonder if she achieved that dream. I don't know. We'll have to ask her. So, Dee Dee, thank you so much for submitting that topic. If anybody has a topic that they want to send and then have some fun, wink, wink, facts read about you, Alex. Alex, where can they send us our topics? Uh, Yeah, they can send us our topics to at 13th Floor Pod on Twitter. Um, They could send it to at 13th Floor Pod. Uh, podcast at gmail dot uh, alright you know what I'm taking over again <laughs> I swear if you want something done right you gotta do it yourself That's right. okay so if you want to send a topic to us you can send it to us on Instagram that's where we get most of our topics submitted to us it's actually where I've spoken with Dee before and she's a sweetheart but yeah if you want to talk to me and submit a topic Instagram at 13th floor podcast you can also feed the vase via our website 13th floor podcast.com just don't go to the Twitter page. It's not active. And then <laughs> if you want to, you can also submit them to us on Facebook, the 13th Floor Facebook page. And that's where you can talk to Sir James. If you want to talk to yep. him instead of me. Okay. Um, Alex, who does our music? We have music that was created by Grant <laughs> Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes. Anywhere you listen to music. All right, guys. Well, (laughs) until next time, listener, we hope that you stay safe on Halloween. And we also hope that you can keep keep it it strange. Sorry, I was opening the uh, Twitter account and I just noticed that we had two messages. Wait a minute, Gwen. I'm gonna say I'm gonna count to three, and then I want you to say Happy Halloween. All right, one, two, three, four. Happy Halloween. Check your cheese. Smell my feet. Then listen, then let to eat. Stay safe and have fun. Bye bye.